This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with non-toxic medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, diaper rashes, and other types of skin damage. I discovered Active Skin Repair and their baby spray from my community when our daughter was a newborn and had constant diaper rashes, and it really helped and continues to help. Containing hypochlorous acid, which is an effective option for helping with yeast diaper rashes, we just spray or dab active skin repair onto the skin with a clean cloth or cotton ball let's sit for 15 seconds and then apply our balm or ointment of choice with over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and to get 20% off your order using code PEDSDOC that's p-e-d-s-d-o-c And also to add, like, I think they really focused on us carving our own path in the world Mm -hmm. and not feeling like we either had to follow in their footsteps or that that was even really an option for us. So um, that was kind of how I came to medicine was like, it's something that although my parents work in global health, it is unique. Neither of them are doctors, um, neither of them are in the medical field. And so I think really having the faith and belief in us to carve our own path and also a little bit of pressure to like, okay, what are you going to do with this privilege? What are you going to do with this um, beautiful life that you've been given? It's not about just sitting back and enjoying it. Like, how are you going to use your position to give back to the world in some way? Welcome back to the show. It is 2024 and we have amazing guests lined up for you. And my goal for this year is more storytelling, whether it's solo episodes from me chatting about real life, mom life, or with guests sharing their stories and how they find joy. I hope these stories and conversations help inspire you and also remind you that you're never alone in your parenting journey. For this Finding Joy episode, I'm excited to welcome Jennifer Gates-Nassar. Jennifer is a fourth-year medical student, mom, equestrian, and daughter of Bill Gates and Melinda French Gates, and we are chatting about her story as she paves her own path. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Dr. Mona. I am a huge fan of yours and of the Pete's Doc Talk podcast and Instagram, so it's just an honor to be here and get to chat. Well, that is exciting. And I have to share this story. When I found out that you were following me, I don't know how it happened. I was like fangirling and I'm like, you inspire me. So when you say that, like you're a fan of the podcast and fan of my Instagram account, and I was a fan of you for so many reasons, but seeing that you are a medical student, obviously I've been following you when you just started that journey, but that you were a medical student, I know that you have passions in pediatrics, which obviously holds a special place in my heart. And then also seeing, you know, you raise in a family, obviously, of two well-renowned people in philanthropy and obviously the tech industry. Like, I just saw what you were doing, that you were going to medical school, which was so grueling, that you grew up in, we, you know, we talk about privilege, but that you are paving your own way. And I think it's such an important thing to have you on because I wanted to talk about what you think was valuable when growing up and how you're kind of passing that on to your child um, and for your future. So thank you so much. I think this is going to be a great conversation. I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you for having me. (laughs) And, you know, with this whole, you know, with medicine, like what drove you to choose to pursue medicine? 
Gosh, well, I mean, growing up, I was surrounded by stories of the inequities in the world, particularly for children and for adults alike. Um, my parents would come home from their days at the foundation and tell me stories about working to develop um, an oral polio vaccine or early childhood mortality, um, all of that. And I just was really fascinated by the human body as a child, um, also with animals and biology in general. But medicine felt like the perfect way to combine those interests um, with my interest also in giving back and kind of challenge myself to take it to the next level. Oh, and how has this balance with motherhood and medical school been? Because I know from personal experience that it is not an easy journey and that there is obviously long hours and then you're also a new mom. So how has that been for you? Well, thank you so much. I mean, it's, to be honest, I have to start off by acknowledging the privilege that I have, um, that I was in a financial position to start my family in medical school. Many trainees are not, um, either not at that place or not in a position where they can truly support a family. And so I felt extremely fortunate that my husband and I were ready to start a family. We had the resources to have both a loving and supportive family behind us, but also to outsource some of her care. Um, it's been amazing. Honestly, I love the balance. I miss her during the days when I go to my clinical rotations, but I also am excited to be there seeing patients um, on whatever rotation I'm on. So it's been great. And I was finishing up a master's of public health when I delivered her. And so as I was wrapping that up, I had a bit of time to give myself some maternity leave. And now I'm a fourth year med student, which fortunately there is a bit of flexibility there um, as I'm wrapping up interviews. And so I've really been just trying to enjoy this, you know, time before she turns uh, one year old. Oh, yeah. And you are interested in pediatrics. I am. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> and your vision, obviously, I'm so, I mean, again, just so proud of you for going through the master's of public health. And again, why I'm also proud of you, even though I don't personally know you, but I feel like I do, is going through all that education. I mean, yes, privilege is there. And I'm so grateful that you acknowledge that privilege because I obviously recognize that and you do too, but you still had to go through the coursework. I mean, that privilege doesn't take away the fact that there is coursework. Obviously it does help you when you have support, but you still had to learn the things. You still had to do all the tests. You still had to do everything. And to have an MPH and also going through medical school, again, is such a important thing. And you're going to have these credentials to be able to help so many. I mean, at this point in your life, do you have a vision on how you want to use your MPH and your hopefully career in pediatrics? Totally. Yeah. So the MPH actually really came out of really enjoying my third year of medical school and all of my clinical clerkships um, on the wards in the hospital, but really wondering for individual patients how they got to that place in their care and what we as a health system were doing to support or not support them um, as they left the hospital and as they had follow up and treatment. So I really wanted to get a broader sense um, and understanding of the healthcare system at large, um, healthcare economics, a little bit of global health. So I feel like my a degree at Mailman um, School of Public Health really helped with that. Um, Long term, I'm still really open. Honestly, I went into medical school thinking that I wanted to be a full-time practitioner. Mm -hmm. And certainly my goal within residency is to garner those skills um, to be able to practice independently um, and be a good practitioner for the patients and families that I'm lucky enough to serve. But I'm also interested in thinking about larger scale change. So any opportunities that I have to do education um, or some sort of philanthropy work, I'm you know very open minded and think it's important that I just get the credentials first um, to be there. Yeah, and you know we talked about the privilege aspect, and you know coming from that privilege, 
obviously there is privilege, but obviously your parents have instilled a work ethic and grit in you for deciding to go to medical school. Um, how do you envision or how do you think your parents did that? Or what do you think looking back was something valuable that your parents did so that you felt this work ethic and this excitement for your own career? Gosh, I mean, there are so many things I'm grateful for in the way that my parents raised me. Um, I was very fortunate, me and my two siblings were in PB. Um, So I'm the oldest of three, which I think being the oldest, you always feel a little pressure to like do well in school and strive um, and and do good things. But I definitely think that the work ethic around school was something really instilled in us. We didn't do any of our after school activities. If our homework wasn't done, um, if we weren't doing well in school, like that was the most important thing was going to school and doing well in school. And for the subjects we weren't doing well in making sure that we got that additional support um, in the form of tutoring and study groups and all of that. So I think the work ethic and importance of education was emphasized to an extreme amount um, during my childhood. And that progressed through high school and encouraged me you know, to go to college. I had some peers in the equestrian world, which is a huge passion and hobby of mine, um, who chose not to go to college. And that was obviously not an option for me. So definitely the work ethic was, was there and heavily instilled. <laughs> yeah. And you've grown up amongst, you know, the success and wealth. How do you stay grounded from every day, you know, And like I said already, I so appreciate you talking about the privilege, but there's obviously you're so humble. And the way I talk to you, we wouldn't even think about that. Right. So how do you find that ground, that groundness in your life? That's so sweet. I mean, I really honestly have imposter syndrome that I'm in this position almost every day, um, both in terms of medical school that I'm about to graduate and that I came from the family that I did. And I think a lot of that starts with my parents too. You know, growing up, it was always clear that the environment we lived in and the wealth that we were surrounded by was not ours. It wasn't something that was our God-given privilege. Um, It was a place we were lucky to be in. Um, And in some ways that does create a bit of a scarcity mindset for kids feeling like, you know, the environment you're in isn't necessarily for you, but it prevented us from feeling like it was something that was our right um, to have a nice house, to fly in these planes, to do all these things. So I am grateful for that. And I think with my daughter, I want her to just feel the the privilege and the blessings, um, you know, hopefully without a little bit of that, like, oh, you don't, belong piece. Um, but I am grateful that they instilled those values in us. And, you know, we had a weekly allowance um, and we're, you know, kind of told that we were going to be on our own when we grew up. Um, so lots of things like that. Oh, gosh, I love it. I love hearing that. And as a, as a podcast that focuses so much on parenting. And so I love hearing from your parents and how they approach things. I love it. I love going in the past. I love hearing about the things that worked, obviously what didn't work sometimes, but like hearing that is so empowering. You know, the fact that it was never your right, but that your parents Mm -hmm. told you that this is what you have, but we're going to work hard and this is a privilege. And that's kind of how my husband and I approach things too. Obviously, being two physicians, um, we do have privilege compared to other people as well. And we are raising our child to the same level of, I want you to understand the gratitude of the world, how to help others, how to use our privilege to help others as well, which I know your parents have done a lot of. What is the single most important thing you think your parents did in raising you that you are grateful for today? I know you mentioned a few things. It can be repeating that or if there's something else you'd want to add. For sure. And also to add, like, I think they 
really focused on us carving our own path in the world mm-hmm. and not feeling like we either had to follow in their footsteps or that that was even really an option for us. So um, that was kind of how I came to medicine was like, it's something that although my parents work in global health, it is unique. Neither of them are doctors, um, right. neither of them are in the medical field. And so I think really having the faith and belief in us to carve our own path and also a little bit of pressure to like, okay, what are you going to do with this privilege? What are you going to do with this um, beautiful life that you've been given? It's not about just sitting back and enjoying it. Like, how are you going to use your position to give back to the world in some way? And that's probably the lesson that I'm most grateful for. As a pediatrician, mom, and podcaster, I want to share with you a podcast I recently discovered. It's called Understood Explains, and this season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. I listened to an episode called The Difference Between IEPs and 504 Plans, and I learned so much that I honestly didn't know before. I now feel I can better explain these to my patients and their families and better support them in their neurodiversity journey. Navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences can be confusing, and this podcast helps to validate these struggles and provide actionable tips that are useful for parents, teachers, and clinicians. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood explains in your podcast app that's understood explains warmer sunnier days are calling fuel up for them with factors no prep no mess meals chef crafted meals with options like calorie smart protein plus and keto factors fresh never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes with 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from each week you'll always have new flavors to explore crush your wellness goals this may with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust i absolutely love the spicy jalapeno lime cheddar chicken and mushroom chicken thighs with wild rice. Keep kitchen time to a minimum with factor meals because they're ready in two minutes. No shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleanup. I work from home and love the convenience and how delicious factor meals are. Head to factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 and use code peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code peedsdoctalk50 at factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Are you tired of searching Google and ending up in a rabbit hole at 2am thinking that you're ruining your kid? Stop and visit pedsdoctalk.com. My website is your new Google with a search feature to search all content that I have that is free or available by purchase. And let me tell you, there are a lot of free goodies there, like free printable PDFs for how to handle a choking incident to milestones to monitor in your kid. My website provides information regarding the health and development of your child, including parenting and sleep. My goal is that you stop those middle-of-the-night searches that lead you nowhere but into the land of anxiety. My goal is to guide you to be the confident and calm parent I know that you are. Make sure to visit pedsdoctalk.com and use the magnifying glass to search. Want even more? Make sure to sign up for our newsletter by visiting pedsdoctalk.com newsletter, where you can get the latest and greatest in child health news and parenting tips delivered directly to your inbox. That's pedsdoctalk.com newsletter. 
And going back to why I wanted you to come on is, you know, we do see in this world with social media and celebrities who are, you know, multimillionaires, billionaire celebrities, and they have their children. And then we see, you know, videos of privilege and, you know, people have comments about that. And I'm like, I love hearing about how the work ethic is there and how we, you know, created this whole path for you. And I think it's such a refreshing thing to see in this world and how, you know, a lot of my listeners may come from privilege as well. Many may not, but may have, you know, privilege, whether it's handed down to them, whether it's self-created. And I think we can create hardworking, humble people who give back to the world and really use our privilege for that good, like I mentioned. Do you think there's any misconceptions people have about you being the daughter of a tech giant, your mom being a philanthropist, your family being who they are, do you get approached by that, including maybe in medical school or, you know, your training? It's so funny because I think that in general, my parents have been pretty vocal about their desire for us to have a strong work ethic and that we aren't going to just be handed fortunes um, Mm -hmm. for no reason. So that I haven't had misconceptions about. I think that what a lot of my friends when they first meet me have said is they're like, oh, I didn't realize you'd be so nice or you'd be so approachable. (laughs) And for me, like I was never, maybe I'm a little bit naive, but like everyone that I meet, I think deserves the time of day to um, be talked to and to be respectful towards and have an open, honest conversation. So I think for me, it just feels second nature. But I think this idea that I wouldn't be approachable or wouldn't be able to understand where someone else is coming from, I don't think you have to have lived in someone's shoes to have empathy for their situation. Um, And certainly there are pieces of the world that I am naive to and that I don't understand, but I always try and meet, you know, people where they're at. Um, And I think sometimes the most important thing you can do is listen. So try and be a good listener. Um, Yeah. Oh, I love that. And as you know, know. (laughs) yeah, I love that. I think it's so, it's such a healthy perspective on this world. And I think you're going to obviously hand that down to your daughter. And it's exactly how I felt when I talked to you via Instagram DMs. And also um, when we talked before this episode, I felt the same way as those people who just meet you. Like she's so down to earth and nice. And it's not hard to be down to earth and nice, but it is refreshing to see you work so hard coming from your family and just being that relatable person. Like you are truly relatable, even though we may not be the same. Like I feel that I feel like I can learn from you being where I'm at. And that's why I wanted you on this show, which I mentioned at the beginning, it's about sharing stories. Even if people are not in your shoes or in my shoes, exactly. We can learn from the mindset. We can learn about the things that were taught to us by our parents. And As you've navigated this and now you have a beautiful daughter and your own family, has it been hard to find your own identity, including as a parent? Like after becoming that mother, did you feel any shift or difference um, and had like an awakening in that area? Yeah. So multiple things. I think that... I'm still finding my identity as a parent. She is very young. And I am, what I've loved about your channel, Dr. Mona, is how open you are about how you're navigating parenthood. And, you know, you make mistakes and something goes right and something goes wrong. And to feel that openness and like, I don't always have to have it perfect has been really nice and refreshing. Um, I think I had this idea that like, oh, I'm in medicine. I'm going to know what's going yes. on. I'm going to totally understand how to be a mom. And I, I didn't at all. And I think I've learned so much from my parents and even appreciated the way that they parented us more now as a parent myself. Um, Certainly no one gets it perfectly. And there are things that I am taking from my parents and things that I'm not um, as I raise Layla. 
but to be able to learn from those examples and now have even more appreciation for them has been wonderful. I think I'm still crafting my own identity as we go and crafting the parenting style that I want for her. I've also heard that every kid is a little bit different. Yeah. So, and that you have to adjust um, your, you know, parenting style to them. So yeah, I also think that being a young parent is something that, you know, most of my friends are not having kids right now. Um, my husband is, he's five years older. So he has some friends that have had kids, but navigating my identity as a young parent in this position of privilege is something that I'm very grateful for, but has made me step forward and really reparent myself in some ways and think about how I want to um, instill values in my daughter and lead by example for her. Yeah. And you said it perfectly that whoever you are in this world, if you are a parent, you are going to go through similar struggles and feelings, regardless of race, socioeconomic status, access to resources. We all have the same feelings. Like I, I can't stress that enough. I used to work in Manhattan with a lot of celebrity children. You know, I can't obviously, I'm not going to name names. Um, but at first I was so starstruck because I'm like, Oh wow. I never, you know, and then I related to them and I met them for their visits and I was like, they're just like me. They're just like me. They have the same worries. They have the same fears that when their kid is sick, they have the same worries that come up that bring them into my office. And that really, again, that relatability and humanizing people who may be that we put on a pedestal, I think is so important, you know? And that's why when you say you're grateful for my platform, I'm not a celebrity, but people do look up to me as a pediatrician and this online presence and relatability and honesty, I think is so important in motherhood, right? Because like you said, you probably went through things and you want to be able to tell people how you're feeling. And sometimes they'll be like, well, you have everything, you know, you could have help and you could have this, but that doesn't take away the fact that you're going to feel sad when your daughter's sick or that maybe those sleepless nights, you know, you could have had help, but you still worry about the sleepless nights and you have this going on. And then none of us are immune to motherhood, um, the feelings of motherhood. And I think in that there's so much beauty. And in that, you know, you sharing that perspective, I have two children. I'm obviously older than you, but ahead of you, but I look at how you approach motherhood, um, you know, with that open mind, with that, what you just said about how no two kids are the same, that even if you decide to have a second child or just knowing that things evolve as a parent and that we pivot is such a healthy perspective. And it, I think, you know, talking about finding joy, I think that brings more joy into parenthood. Really? Totally. Yeah. And, and our kids have no idea too. They're just yeah. looking for support and love yes. and help. They have no idea what, what privilege we have or don't have. I mean, obviously at this age, she doesn't know, but like, she's just looking for comfort and love and every kid is looking for that. And every parent is kind of navigating it in their own way. So I think being honest and transparent about the resources you have, but also the struggles is so, so important. I tell my husband, this is that children know their reality. So when Mm -hmm. they are growing up, if they know, and I'm going to use this example, might be a little bit sad, but if a child grows up in an abusive house home, they don't really understand that that's not the norm unless they go to somebody else's house and see how their parents act or unless they grow up and realize they go to college or they leave their home and they're like, huh, people don't hit their kids or people don't talk to me that way. And in a way, there's so much power in that on the other side of how much we can change our children and foster this incredible experience for them. And I don't look at it as scary. I look at it as empowering. Like I love being a parent because I'm like, wow, I have this opportunity, this privilege to be a parent and actually 
foster this love and growth. Like, you know, for a young toddler, they just want to be loved. They want to be around the people that they're familiar with. They want to experience new things. And as they get older, they want to learn about what their life means and how they can channel their own path like you are, or, you know, use privilege in the best way. And again, create that humility in life and that understanding that you're never alone. Like you always have me and you always have my support, whether it's financial, but whether it's just love. I mean, you don't need a lot of money to be a loving parent, you know? And I think that is something that's so valuable. And I think every parent can take home from that, you know? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And that's why I think pediatrics is so wonderful too, is you really can like make a difference in young children's lives. You know, I'm someone who, you know, my pediatrician made a huge difference in my upbringing. Um, I had some mental health challenges when I was 12 or 13. And she was the one who really identified that in one of my primary care visits and referred me to the appropriate care. So no matter where you're coming from or how much privilege you have, like having a supportive primary care provider is something that can really change um, a child's trajectory. So I'm so inspired by the work that you do clinically um, and hope to make that difference for families someday. And you will. And I mean, already, you know, you're saying that you're younger, you're in this, like, um, obviously, early on in your training, but to have that sort of mindset as you become a clinician is so empowering. And it's also going to help the system and help change so much. You know, Um, I love it. I think you're right on that pediatrics is such an important specialty. It doesn't get the love that I think it should get, especially in America, but you know, it is, it is the beginning. I mean, it's the foundation, Mm -hmm. the first seven years of a child's life. And then obviously the first 21 years, but the first seven years of a child's life is so vital to their emotional regulation, their development, how they view the world, their self-worth. And it's, again, that's why I focus on that age, you know, knowing all this, when your daughter looks at you, you know, obviously I know she's young right now, but as she grows up, What do you hope that she sees and learns from you as you navigate motherhood? Gosh, I, you know, I hope that she looks at me and sees someone who loves her unconditionally, is there for her in the good moments and the bad, not someone who just wants her to be happy all the time, someone who is just very present for her. And I hope that she sees that I am both enjoying being a mother and enjoying the other aspects of my life that I choose to engage in. And then I'm not someone who feels guilty about leaving her um, because I think that translates for kids. If you are apologizing for having to go, like I hope that she sees that I am well-rounded and that I bring joy to everything that I do and that she's able to in some way be proud of me for choosing joy. Um, and just that she's surrounded by love by everyone who is who is a part of her life, whether that be family or caretakers. Um, I hope that she, yeah, sees that her mom lived a full life and yeah. had a happy, happy parents. I think like seeing two parents that really love each other and prioritize yeah. each other and prioritize time together is something I, I want her to see um, because I want, you know, her t- when she looks for a relationship long term to um, find someone that respects her as much as I think her dad respects me and will continue to respect me. Yeah. Oh, you just hit so many points that the how important it's not even like, again, it's not even just about being a parent. It's about, again, that self-love that for you and your situation, that desire to want to do things outside of motherhood. And I know some of my listeners, motherhood is their identity and that's awesome. But if it's someone Great. who's listening, that's like, Hey, I want to do something else besides motherhood. Let's celebrate that. Um, The relationship you have with your partner, how important that is. Like the relationship with self, the relationship with our partner that we choose to have those children with, 
is so much more important than the actual parenting that we do because they're watching that. That's how they learn about love and self-love, right? It's how we interact with other adults and how we interact with ourselves. And that is so beautiful. And you mentioned, you know, the guilt aspect that you don't carry a lot of guilt. Can you think of a reason why you don't? Because I, I also don't um, have so much guilt when I leave my children. I miss them, but I don't feel guilty. What would you say is that sort of kind of motivational piece that you would add as to why you don't feel guilty? Oh, that's great. So to be honest, at times right now, as I'm a new parent, I do feel guilty. Yeah, I yeah. have these moments where I'm like, oh gosh, I, you know, I should be making this choice for her. I should be doing this and I'm not, or I'm not getting enough time with her. And I think that's natural. Those feelings are natural, but I realize also that for her, it's better for her to see me confident in the choices that I'm making. And I can acknowledge that guilt. I can acknowledge those feelings. But for me to not project those feelings onto her or for her to really feel that, I think is what's so important. It's okay to have ambiguity. It's okay for you to feel conflicted about what you're doing. But ultimately, I hope that I make, and right now I am making the decisions that bring me joy and that bring my family joy, knowing that she is well looked after and well cared for. If at some point that means that I I'm home with her all day. Amazing. If that means that I'm home with her half the time and working half the time, amazing. As long as she is well and healthy and happy doing what is best for me and what's best for the family system and not second guessing that or showing her that guilt. I think that's the most important thing, but certainly right now I'm still navigating that. I am fresh figuring out what it is that I want. Uh, You know, residency is going to be challenging, but I think it's really how I show to her that I've made these decisions and that I'm an adult and I've made these choices. So yeah. Yeah. The ownership, (laughs) right? Like it's that you're owning, you're owning it, you're relating to it. And again, I tell my husband works a shift work, like he's an ER doctor. And sometimes he feels a little sad that he can't be there for our son. And I tell him, I'm like, I never make Ryan feel bad about you not being there. I build you up. Anytime you're not there, Mm -hmm. you are built up. You are built up as this hero to him. And I'm sure your partner or whoever's taking care of your daughter, if you're working like a long, you know, residency is not easy for everyone listening. Like it's long hours it's going to be that buildup. It's like, yeah, mommy's not here, but isn't mommy amazing? Like she's doing this incredible work. I do the same thing for my husband. And when I travel for work now, because I'm traveling, same thing. Mommy's away. You miss mommy. I miss mommy too. She's the best and she'll be here and you're going to get to hug her. But right now she's doing this incredible stuff. And there's such beauty in our children seeing how happy other things make us besides them. Mm-hmm. Like, I love it. I, I love it. Like, I love Ryan seeing how much things light me up and then it lights you up even more with your child. I'm sure. Right. Like when you're feeling empowered mm-hmm. and that you're feeling fulfilled and then you go to spend time with Layla, you're like, I just love you. I love my life. Like it resonates through, it permeates through our home and it's beautiful. Totally, totally. And vice versa, right? Like when my husband's gone and traveling for work, yeah. I'm you know, saying the same thing and even saying like, dad misses you or I miss yeah. you and I'm happy to be doing such and such thing. Um, I think is holding the duality for them too of like, you can miss mommy and be excited for her to come home and mom can miss you and be happy. And she's made this choice to to be away or to be doing her residency or whatnot. So yeah, um, yeah excited to continue learning and definitely get to learn from you by example and so many other moms. I have so much respect for parents now. I had no idea what I was getting into. And no matter what choices someone makes for their family, I think the most important thing is being supported and it's beautiful. 
It is. And again, I'm so grateful that you were able to come on today, take time out of your schedule as a busy student, even though I know fourth year is much easier. I know how it is. It means so much to me. And I love this conversation. Um, I think we touched upon so many different parenting, finding joy pieces. Um, Is there a final message that you would add for everyone listening, Um, you know, kind of encompassing all that we talked about? Oh, gosh. I mean, you are such an eloquent speaker. I feel like you probably summarize it better than me. But um, I think the biggest thing would just be like instilling um, the value of hard work and finding your purpose and meaning in life to your children. Privilege is not a bad thing, but it does create challenges as to how to to raise healthy, happy kids. And then, yeah, finding personal joy um, and showing your kids that no matter whether you choose to stay at home or to work or some combination of both that like as long as they're well taken care of, they see you being happy and that is good for them too. Yeah. You did it, girl. That was amazing. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't it. know. <laughs> oh, well, listen, I am so happy that we could connect. And I know this is not the Likewise. end of our connection. You know, I know yes. I love following you. I love learning from you also. I think, Likewise. like you said, there's such a mutual respect here. And there's also this excitement to see where you're going to go in your journey. And I know you obviously had mentioned that um, looking at what I'm doing. But thank you again, yes. Jen. This was like absolutely incredible. Thank you so much. I can't wait to keep listening to the episodes um, and for conversations to come. And for everyone (laughs) tuning in today, please make sure to leave a review if you like this episode. The show continues to grow also when you share this episode on your story. So hit that share button, tag me. You can tag Jen as well. We are just so excited to have these conversations. And I am so excited to invite more people that inspire me and hopefully will inspire you to this podcast to talk about how they find joy in motherhood or whatever they are doing in their life. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for tuning in for this week's episode. As always, please leave a review share this episode with a friend, share it on your social media. Make sure to follow me at Pete's Doc Talk on Instagram and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Pete's Doc Talk TV. We'll talk to you soon. You made it halfway through an episode, so you must be loving the show. If you love the show, make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel where I share answers to all of the common topics submitted to me regarding child health, development, and debunking all that misinformation you hear online. My goal is for PDT to be a one-stop shop for your searching needs. Bye-bye late-night Googling. So make sure to go to YouTube and search Peds Doc Talk TV. Hit that subscribe button and binge watch all the amazing episodes and episodes to come. Have suggestions for future videos? Make sure to chat in the community section on my YouTube channel.